Hello, welcome to the Bomb Squad Podcast. I am your host, the Master of Ceremony, Tanner Richard Kraft. With me, I have... I'm Joseph Rennick. I'm Austin Zwiebelman. I'm Rain Conversi, I think. And then we have a special guest. Yeah, I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm the co-host of uh, I've Been Meaning to Listen to That uh, music podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. And it's very funny. And Tanner was a guest on and also was a guest on, on too at one point. So, yeah. And uh, it's a lot of fun. There. Yeah, it is now? a lot of fun. <laughs> I am very, I'm always happy. Yeah. All right. And today... Uh, because uh, Joe Vrenick threatened to murder my parents if I didn't do it. We're going to be talking about Shrek. Now, why do you want to talk about Shrek, Joe? So, for starters, the gun has been taken off of your parents, Tanner, that that they can live happily. Oh, thank God. God. (laughs) (laughs) And I've also disabled the bomb, but uh, no, seriously. So, the reason why I wanted to to, uh, talk about this, because um, on the 22nd of April, Shrek turns 20. Wow. It has been 20 years since this movie has come out, and so much has happened since then, and the culture surrounding it has drastically evolved. So I figured this would be a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, I mean, since Shrek came out, you know, 9-11, it happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It did. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to our fallen soldiers. What else happened? What else Uh, happened? What else happened, though? <laughs> uh, we went to Afghanistan. That's still okay. going on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All of this ties into Shrek. Kanye interrupted Taylor Swift at the VMAs. That was, that a was big another thing. portrait in, cultural in direct, It was a direct response to the Shrek saga, essentially. Yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Shrek's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Like, you know what, though? Like, if I was at the Academy Awards for whatever, the, you know, Shrek won Best Animated fe- Feature, I would, like, interrupt and say, I'm, I'm going to let you finish, but Monsters, Inc. was the best movie, animated movie of this year. Like, truly. That is definitely fair. Though that was- actually is a fun fact. I'm pretty sure Shrek is the first movie to win Best Animated Picture at the Oscars. And the Oscar goes to Shrek. It is. And it was up against Monsters, Inc. and Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. And was it like the first like category? Like the first time? It was the first time that, that was a category for it. So okay, it won the okay, first edition of it. Okay, interesting. Okay. The first, the, I guess the closest thing to something before that was Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture in 94. And here are the nominees for the Best Picture. Beauty and the Beast, Don Hahn, producer. Yeah. Best mm-hmm. Picture? Like, you know. Like- yeah, Best Picture, period. And that's when they only nominated wow. five. That's back when they only I nominated think, five movies for it. That's crazy. Oh. I could be remembering wrong, but I think uh, Snow White got like an honorary. Or it got, got an honorary Oscar of some kind. Yeah. It also won like stuff like score and stuff like that. Animated movies had won Oscars before, but, you know, people were complaining at the Academy. Why don't you celebrate animated movies enough? Yeah. And now they are properly complaining to the Academy. Why do you suck at celebrating animated movies so much? <laughs> Companies other than Disney release movies, you know. Yeah. Is that what else did Ethan tell you to say? Uh, Ethan is currently off screen. He has a shotgun to my temple. It's an invisible shotgun, so you can't see it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shrek. We're some kind of suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get right into the movie. But more importantly, this movie came out 20 years ago. All of us are yeah. in our early to late 20s. Mm-hmm. So. We'll get into the meme aspect of Shrek later, I promise. But for now, <laughs> uh, what kind of history and relationship did you guys have with Shrek as you were kids? Like, did you like it as a kid? Was it just something that's there? Or like, what was Shrek to you when you were a kid and growing up? So I was, I want to say like five years old when this movie came out. Um, so I, I was actually old enough to see it and remember seeing it in the theater. Whoa. Um and I remembered really enjoying it, um, and then we got the VHS tape of it, and th- that was pretty much it. Like, if you were one of the cool kids, um, you had that Shrek VHS tape because that because mm-hmm. I I, don't, I vividly remember just how fucking popular that movie was as a kid because we were quoting that thing nonstop in school. It was pretty much all over like most like advertisements at the time like the, i i remember the cultural impact that shrek like 
had on popular culture at the time. And yeah, uh, to this day, I still like it. We'll probably get more into that later. Um, and I and I guess we'll talk about this more in a later podcast sometime in the future. But I still think this is the best Shrek movie. Oh, but that is just me. That's valid. You are valid, Joe. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go against the grain. You are not valid. <laughs> I hate you, Tanner. I actually, like, it's funny, too, because uh, I taught at, like, a preschool. I taught at a preschool. I did uh, daycare and stuff like that. I worked with kids. Uh, and kids still quote Shrek. I, You know, like, kids still quote Shrek. And, like, you know, they had, like, the bit... You know, one girl, one adorable kid at the preschool was like, yeah, you you don't like parfaits? I love parfaits. And she would just like, <laughs> it was just like, she would like occasionally just like forget that she said, like, she would say it like almost every day. Like she would say like, she would like, maybe like an hour would pass. And then she said, oh, I didn't say the Shrek thing again. And then she would say it again and like do the whole bit uh, again and again. And it's like, yeah, like this is a incredibly quotable movie. Like it's, there's a reason it kind of like sticks in your craw even like as a like we're all, all of us are like in our 20s and stuff like that even though like you know it's memed and stuff like that there's a reason first of all like it's memed like so much i don't want to like talk too much but like there's a reason it's memed so much but it's also like the cra- there's craftsmanship here there's not it's not a lazy movie per se you know um so yeah i don't know like there's a reason it sticks in people's craw like for this long too you know, yeah, my experience with it is very, very, very normal for, I guess, someone my age. I saw it as a kid eventually on VHS. I loved it, um, watched it a lot. Um, yeah, I think I had a Shrek Halloween costume at some point. Um, really not a lot to say. It was it was a good time. When I was growing up, there seemed to be two people who made animated movies that my dad bought on VHS for me and my sister to watch. It was just Disney and Don Bluth. And both of those Mm -hmm. studios had sort of burned me at a point because Fox and the Hound made me cry a lot and the Black Cauldron scared the hell out of me. And then Don Bluth uh, was just kind of, the movies just seemed scarier in general. Like, All Dogs Go to Heaven, it was really scary for me as a kid. So DreamWorks was this completely new player just thrown in there out of nowhere. And it felt like that studio was more for whatever I was than those other two because DreamWorks hadn't made a movie that scared me yet. There wasn't like a dangerous movie in their catalog. Um, so that was that was nice to have a new guy on the new guy on the street. And then there was uh, the neighborhood pool. I grew up in a, a neighborhood called Seven Pines, and they played Smash Mouth a lot at the pool. Hell um, yeah! They, sound, they, sound, they seem cool. They seem like really cool dudes. Uh, back in like 1999 or something when the song got big because of Mystery Men. So I was hearing All Star a lot at the pool. And then lo and behold, Shrek starts out and right out of the gate, it's just All Star. And I was like, this is awesome. So yeah, I got to have the usual childhood where kids are saying like donkey back and forth at each other. Uh, I, I liked Shrek 2 a lot more growing up because I was like seven when Shrek 1 came out. But it was still a huge deal when Shrek came out. And I remember it fondly for various reasons. I'm uh, I like I'm like you and Joe V in which I remember it very fondly, um, though, perhaps more more fondly. I'm not sure if I've ever uh, let on to this before. But when I was a kid, my favorite pop culture thing was SpongeBob. SpongeBob was my yeah. God, right? If yeah. SpongeBob is my God, Shrek is my Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the 12 apostles? Like, let's, let's, let's go to the 12 apostles. Who are the 12 apostles? <laughs> Who are the 12 apostles? SpongeBob, Shrek, uh, uh, Timmy Turner, Jimmy uh-huh. Neutron. Uh-huh. Um, oh, uh, uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Very Batman, cool. Batman. Uh-huh. Uh, Full House. Full House. <laughs> <laughs> not, just, not just one character, the entire house from yeah. Full House. <laughs> The house itself is a character to me. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you're I'm, not wrong. I'm running out. I'm running out of ideas. Who's Judas? Who's Judas in your little metaphor? Uh, Judas, uh, who betrayed me? Yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, because the amazing Spider-Man 2 almost ended me. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that movie so much. It almost ruined my life. 
I, uh, you know, I, it would have ruined my life if I remembered it. You know, I, I'm sure if I like watch it again, I would be it would like it would be a violation to my uh, uh, my being. But like, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I like it just left my mind the second it happened. God, guys, so, is it time to me. guys, guys, guys? Is it time to make? Should we take our mask off and reveal this is truly this is actually a. Um, is actually a psychoanalysis podcast on uh, Richard Tanner Craft or Tanner Richard Craft. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the real reason we hear. Never ending agony. Joe, uh, Joe had the great, like, just great idea. Just, oh, we'll tell him it's a Shrek podcast or something. He'll, he'll buy it. <laughs> he called him a fucking idiot, too, which I thought was a bit intense, but you know. That's right. It, it, this was a ploy, Tanner. Tanner, gonna... you showed up to my house drunk, and it was really <laughs> awful. And it, <laughs> my mom was there. And it's like, <laughs> we'll tell him it's an award show, and then we'll just read yeah. the wise of Skywalker each and every time. He's not answering any of my calls. Like, maybe if we tell him it's a Shrek cast, he'll come. Tanner, Tanner <laughs> Shrek isn't up. a real movie. Shrek never existed. Where did something? <laughs> Hey, God. hey, hey, Joe. Hey, hey, Ray. And hey, Austin. Like Tanner's been acting up lately. He's been saying things like Shrek is his Jesus Christ and stuff like that. Shrek <laughs> <laughs> like, memes. I think we need to talk. Yeah, a Shrek meme. I don't know what he's talking about. Is he talking about Pepe? Is he? In, oh what? my God, guys! Let me talk about my childhood experience. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Shrek is your Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, Shrek mm-hmm. is my. I was obsessed with Shrek as a kid. Though, oddly enough, I only really had Shrek 2 and 3 on DVD as a kid. I didn't have a copy of Shrek 1 as a kid. So whenever I got to see it, it was like, it was it was an event. Wow. It was, it was calling the whole town. The birth of Jesus has arrived. That's what was watching Shrek 1 was like as a kid. Because, you know, we didn't have your Netflixes or your Hulus or your Paramount Plus or whatever. We didn't have <laughs> none of that when I was a kid. By the way, I don't think Tanner has read the Bible. Like, apparently, I have like, a copy of the Bible in the next room. Yeah, but you're like, everyone out. showed up. Like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Three old men came into my room and said, you want to watch Shrek? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, who are you? I was like, we, we, offer, we offer frankincense, myrrh, and Shrek. <laughs> but no. I was obsessed with Shrek as a kid, but I never really got to see the first movie a lot as a kid. But it it most certainly impacted me as a kid. I, I loved the Shrek movies. Shrek, as a kid who was ugly and stupid, I really related to a lot to Shrek. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> Your breath smelled. Yeah, and my breath smelled terrible. People ran. I would walk into a room and people would run away screaming. Ethan can confirm this. Yeah. You had, like, oh long macaroni ears before, like, getting plastic surgery. Oh, yeah, I had to fix these, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> really, because as, as a kid, I had a lot of, uh, I'm autistic, mm-hmm. uh, as I say every day of my life. Um, when I was in the, um, I would have meltdowns at elementary school that was real bad that they would have to, like, get the other kids away from me. And in a weird way, I related to Shrek, and everyone running away from Shrek in that regard. Mm, wow. Um, I loved Shrek. Shrek was my idol. SpongeBob was the, like the part of me that was optimistic and hopeful. Shrek was the part of me that hated everyone. Yeah, and, you know, those those were my pop culture idols. So growing up as a kid, Shrek meant uh, the world to me. But like I said, I never really got to watch the first movie all that much, as much as I'd like to. But now as a kid, you can just pop in your Hulu and uh, take a look <laughs> at it, like I did this morning, and uh, I did take a look at it this morning. You know, you know, like, you know, because we've kind of moved away from physical media, like physical, like VHSs or like DVDs and stuff like that. It's actually like harder to like rewatch a thing over and over because like even mm-hmm. if it's some even even if it's on Hulu or something, it could be taken off any day. And like I, I rented this on YouTube, basically, and I have 48 hours to like watch it. And this is the only period. So like after this, I'm going to like rewatch it, like just put it on a loop and rewatch it and spend my day doing that. But like. Otherwise, I couldn't just re. I can't just like if I have a Shrek urge or a Shrek impulse, I can't watch it again. So like, um, yeah, I do crazy. own the entire Shrek collection on Blu-ray. I'm not sure where I put it, but I have it somewhere. Tanner, like, um, 
what were the opportunities you watched Shrek then? Like how, what context did you just like watch it then? How do you Well, I mostly watched the sequels, but when I watched the first ones, it's when it was like, we had charter cable growing up. Oh, wow. So when it would be on demand or on like one of the channels, sometimes it would play on Nickelodeon, I think maybe. Uh, Not very often, but sometimes. Um, Whenever it would come on, it was always an event because it was a rare special thing. I'm pretty sure as a kid, I watched the DVD release of Shrek the Ride more than I watched the first Shrek movie because I had a DVD of Shrek the Ride for some reason, but I didn't have a DVD of the first movie. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) Were you like, did you watch it? And were you like going like you were like putting your hands up and going, whoa. Yes, actually, I, I would do that. I would do that when someone told me it was from a ride. I'd be like. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have friends as a kid. It's like put it, putting like a bar over your like you know your, your like, couch. Mom, mom, <laughs> get me the get me the broom. <laughs> Warp speed. Tanner had VR before anyone did. <laughs> Is that the 3D thing? Yeah. Yes. Okay, just making sure. I, I I have since actually ridden the ride when I went to Universal Studios wow. back in 26, uh, 2015. It was when I went to Universal Studios. And I got to tell you, I waited in line for 30 minutes and not worth it. Oh. <laughs> it's not even a long wait. What happens? What happens in the ride? Uh, actually, the movie happens. The movie happens. And sometimes <laughs> your cart moves a little. Uh-huh. Oh, lame. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, it's it's very, it's very It was one of the early ones of those rides for Universal. So, I mean... It's not bad, but it's definitely like you guys haven't upgraded it yet. Like, yeah, make me do a flip and then we'll talk. Tanner walked out of the Shrek 3D ride thinking to himself, they replaced Terminator 2 3D for this. All right. Uh, 1995. I was expulsed from my mother. And no, <laughs> um, no uh, yeah, my my parents had like just like we used to have like a big old like sh- like a cupboard full of VHSs that we were just like when I was a kid and we would just like rotate like when my mom you know like it's actually like funny because like I used to think of myself as like someone who was not like very like cult- pop culture versed as a kid but like now when I look back at it I was like oh there's like a we, yeah I had most of the Disney Res- Renaissance catalog in my you know in my cupboard and like uh, th- like the Muppets and like uh you know, and uh, Shrek, I think, was either a DVD or a VHS. I don't remember exactly. But, like, yeah, it was the one that, but, like, as a kid and when you're, like, very young and maybe not, you know, discern quality quite yet, it all kind of blended together in this malaise of just, like, just, like, bright colors to look at while your mom, like, just, like, just, like, my mom, like, pours a drink and goes, like, God, it's just like, you know, just like something to like, and like, it all kind of flattens out. And as an adult, the thing that's been fun is like rewatching some of those things I watched as a kid and seeing which ones hold up, which ones, you know, exceed. I rewatched Aladdin and like um, the little mermaid and stuff like that recently. And I was like, this is really good. Like this is the quality, even though like Disney's like a conglomerate and stuff like there were artists that poured love into these movies and stuff like that and like it's incredible and then like some like for example like aladdin one you know is great and then aladdin but like as a kid i associated the aladdin two like you know the return of jafar at the same quality level i didn't understand quality so it was just like I thought of them like, yeah, Jafar's back. He's there. It's great. You know, the saga continues when it's like actually just like it's just like a bunch of like uh, animators like with like guns to their heads. It's just like you have to finish this in an hour. You have to draw all these characters in an hour, basically. And it's just like, oh, God, you can't erase. You can't do anything like that. And then like um, so like this is one of them that I was like really interested to like see you know, watch again, basically. So that's my Shrek history, really. I don't really remember. I, I I just, like, remember key moments and stuff like that, but I don't, like, um, I don't have, like, a super big attachment to it, per se, but that's, you know, yeah. So we'll get into it soon. Yeah, it's not your Jesus Christ is what you're saying. Yeah. It's my, uh, it's my, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, like, <laughs> cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a good joke. Uh, yeah. So, like you said, I don't really remember as a kid, but you've had an opportunity to rewatch them as adults. So, yeah. I present this question to the whole class. Now that we've all revisited as adults and we've watched and we get to have big boy grown up opinions on Shrek. Mm-hmm. And Rain, I'll let you go first. What did you guys think of Shrek overall? I was left. This is the weirdest movie I had to watch for this podcast. Mm. Like, it wasn't really a. There wasn't like a straightforward narrative. There was like some host that came on and was like, oh, we're going to figure out who's the best singer. Then these characters who weren't introduced at all, they all started having musical numbers. And some <laughs> that I could have sworn were in the sequels. Oh my God, you're talking about Far, Far Away Idol. <laughs> And then uh, they all sang. Yeah, this is shortest. Like I, you said, it was a movie. I thought it like yeah. it was like five minutes. <laughs> and then why was Simon Cowell there? <laughs> but in all actuality, so um, it was a cute movie. I enjoyed it. I really, I'm, I'm going to have very little to say on this podcast to be honest, because I don't have too much of a take. It's a cute little movie. The anti Disney stuff has probably aged pretty well. Uh, all things considered, and um, I it is it is interesting historical ar- artifacts in in the sense that um, I guess we'll get into this later. But how uh, how the the sort of um, very snarky sense of humor that I guess mm-hmm, you would have seen mm-hmm. in stuff like The Simpsons and stuff, um, you know, and probably other um, probably some kids shows in the nineties that sort of started to emerge. But it wasn't really a thing for uh, three act theatrical kids movies until Shrek. But this is sort of the film that started. Yeah. Yeah. Like pre- and pretty much all mainstream American, um, like anime movies are, have a, t- have a sense of humor similar to this one, more or less, I think ever since. Um, but yeah, as a movie, pretty, pretty, pretty cute from pretty nice. You yeah. said snarky humor. And I got terrified that I was going to discover Joss Whedon had something to do with this. <laughs> he comes back. <laughs> The reoccurring villain. He did not. Joss Whedon did not write Shrek. Thank God. He did like you know contribute to Toy Story, like the jokes in Toy Story. Oh which my is God, like... you're right. <laughs> Wait, I have a better idea. Yeah. Next week and we're doing wrote, a podcast pa- on Toy Story. Is that true? No. Okay. No, next week we're doing. Terror. I keep telling you that just yelling a slur isn't a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never learn. Jovi, Jovi, upon revisiting Shrek, what, upon revisiting Shrek, Jovi, what do you think? I still think this movie is really solid. Um, I had a, I had a very interesting experience watching this. Um, and th- this is going to lead me to uh, a couple of comparisons I had. I watched the original DVD copy of this from like when it first came out. I did not know that it was going to be formatted in four by three and i forgot that it also has the song hallelujah in it oh yeah so oh, it's really snyder okay so it's it, so it's stretching it to say that um i can compare this to the snyder cut however th- this might also be a bit of a stretch but we all know the themes of the movie uh ne- never judge a book by its cover Mm-hmm, Shrek, mm-hmm. he's kind of a bad boy, and mm-hmm. people judge him based on his appearance. Yeah. It also, again, it features the song Hallelujah. What the hell are you getting at? This kind of has a comparison to a, a theme that runs throughout the entirety of the show known as the OC. <laughs> he did it again. Well, now it's not as funny that I guessed it correctly. <laughs> Well, expound, expound on that. Like, what? What do you mean by that? Uh, it, it's a stretch. Um, oh, okay. Because the main because the main character of that show is uh, he, he's like this kid who grew up in like a really bad part of California, and he gets adopted by uh, by rich people who live in like mm-hmm. Orange mm-hmm. County. Uh, Flash trader. <laughs> and yeah, uh, but yeah, no, that's a stretch. Uh, I just okay, wanted to okay, make okay. that. I wanted to make that joke. Um, but in actuality, revisiting it, it, w- it was actually a really fun movie to go back and rewatch. The one thing that I did notice, because it's like when when people talk about DreamWorks, one of like the big things that um, people like to bring up, it's like, oh yeah, those are the guys that put in a lot of pop culture references in their movies. There's not as much in this as I, I, I remembered. Same, um, yeah. Yeah, no, this movie's just fun, man. It's got a solid beginning, middle, end. You got you got characters that you like. It, it's I, I I can see why this movie has like lasted 
for 20 years and has resonated with people all this time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. has been selected by the film registry for cultural significance as it was last year. First non-Disney film to hold that honor. I have the luck of being married to someone who grew up in a sort of like religious culty environment. So he didn't get to see a lot of movies when he was a kid. And uh, so this was my husband's first time watching Shrek. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. really interesting. Hold on, can we get him on the podcast? That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so dig this. Uh, back when this premiered at Cannes in 2001, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg eventually talked about what that was like. Apparently, he was like sweating on the forehead and his heart was pounding because, you know, it's a Cannes Film Festival and then you've got an ogre pooting in the water. And uh, <laughs> I, I had a very similar experience. It was just like him recounting it the first 10 minutes you are just terrified watching shrek with this person as a serious adult as like a movie that you're choosing to watch <laughs> and then it won it wins the audience over like it yeah. did it exactly like it con sid was laughing about 20 minutes in completely on board uh one thing i found about shrek is that its ability to quickly run between plot points is one of its great strengths because yeah. It's like watching The Room. You know, we all have moments that we remember from the movie The Room that we're kind of waiting for when we rewatch it. And in Shrek, the transitions to get to the scenes that we remember and that we like, seamless, really quick. Yes. It's really great on a rewatch. Yeah, it's like the, uh, there's a moment where like, uh, you know, Shrek's like, but how are we going to get to the castle? And then like, you know, because they set up like the donkey dragon relationship and then the dragon shows up and like, oh, that's how we get there. Like, that's a really good, great screenwriting there. Basically. Yeah, it's a very tight uh, script. It was nominated for best adapted screenplay for a reason. Uh, since Austin brought up uh, efficiency in its storytelling and how well just like everything's like uh, moves at like a very smooth pace. Um this movie does it better than something that it beat out at the box office that we talked about last week. Um, Atlantis. Because, yeah, no, it's like compared the two movies, um, you actually get to know Shrek by the time they actually get to the castle. And like all yeah. like every single moment in Shrek, it, it feels like it's earned. Like yeah. there, there's yeah. like enough buildup to like each like big event. And like by the time it gets there, it, it's just satisfying. Yeah. I was kind of dreading. I also was a little dreading this. Like, I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> what if it sucks? <laughs> yeah, truly. Like, I was like, you know, just like um, everyone has a co- like every every like it's been dissected to death. Everyone like has an opinion on it. Like most, except your husband, apparently. But like, uh, like a lot of people have opinions on this movie, and like everyone, you know, it's interesting because like um, so like a lot of us watched it as a kid. But watching it again, it's a pretty perfect screenplay. It's like really quietly. It's like I know, and in, like in hindsight, it doesn't seem subversive because like all, all so many movies are kind of like aping off a of Shrek, you know, in a sense. Like they're kind of like copy taking it's, the Shrek. It's, it's the Seinfeld isn't funny effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's or like it Monty did it first. I saw this as like the next step evolution from Aladdin, basically Aladdin mm-hmm. Her- and Hercules where like, uh, you know, it's the first time they're using like a, uh, you know, like a celebrity, like, and like kind of featuring him as like the guy, you know, where in the little mermaid, like there are celebrity voices in it, but like, they're less, they're kind of doing characters and stuff like that. But like the, the Aladdin's like Robin Williams is the genie, you know, it's, it's him, you know, they let him improvise the lines and stuff like that. And then, like, this is the next evolution where it's, like, mostly celebrities. Except Mike Myers, who's actually, like, doing a voice. He's, like, yeah. he, it, it's, like, parodied to deafen everyone, and everyone has, like, a bad Shrek impression. But it, he's doing a voice. He's doing an original character, kind of, you know. He's doing a voice acting, which is more than I could say about most of the cast, but I'll get into that. It's yeah. interesting. Um, I guess I'm sure you guys know this, but apparently... He, he he made the studio like re- have them re-record all his dialogue because he did almost all of it. And he's like, hey, I want to do this with a Skies action. Actually, let's do it all yeah, over yeah, again. Yeah, that's true. He recorded almost all of the dialogue, and then he's like, what if I did it in a Scottish accent? That that honestly does not surprise me because apparently Mike Myers is like an insane perfectionist. 
Yeah. 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 And this yeah. is also after they recorded most of the dialogue of a very different version of the movie with Chris Farley. Chris Farley, yeah. Yeah, someone hurt you so bad. Someone hurt you many years ago. Leave my parents out of this. Yeah. And then he died, so they didn't finish that version. Mm-hmm. According to Jeffrey Katzenberg, that decision to re-record all the dialogue, they had finished some of the animation, so it cost $4 million to go back and do everything now that Shrek is Scottish. Yeah. And then, like, the, and like they get the call, like, the animation department gets the call, and he hangs up the phone and is like, I guess I'm not seeing my kids till graduation. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> I guess I'm not leaving my cubicle. <laughs> yeah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> Well, yeah, like um, I, I grew to appreciate the screenplay and also um, the art design and like, you know, the subversive humor. It's like very Simpsons-esque. I like what Rain said about it. It's like very mm-hmm. Simpsons-y, you know, introducing kids to that level of like humor and just like throwaway gags and like kind of like riffing off of Disney, riffing off of fairy tales and stuff like that and treating them with irreverence, but also having a core story, like a Joseph Campbell story that's satisfying and like emotional and stuff like that. And also like teaches a nice lesson to kids. So just like, uh, you know, who's deserving of a happy ending and like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seeing that people who might not look appealing or like be appealing initially, like have layers and stuff like that. Like that's a nice lesson for kids to learn. And it's like, yeah. So, um, also just like some of the animation holds up for the most part. Yeah. Um, it's like it's weird because it's like maybe it's partly because of the limitations of the animation at the time um but like the character there's something a little off and weird like ugly about some of the character designs like obviously Shrek is supposed to be ugly and stuff like that but Donkey who's like kind of like you know he he is like there's something kind of off and weird about his face and stuff like that and like Prince Princess Fiona and like Farquaad is like like instead of like the toy story like oh like you know broad caricaturized like disney characters it's like uh like a it's like a person it's like a Mm -hmm. person face of like more realistic features and it's like disgusting to look at you know but it's like at at the same time it teeters on it not like scaring children though you know it's not like the art design is not like um you know, like so off-putting that it's going to give kids nightmares, but it's just like a little off, a little weird, a little like non-traditional, and like yeah, it's like a real interesting balance they kind of pull off. Like, like with Monsters Inc., like they kind of lead even that like the characters are supposed to be scary, but like they they're still like very cute and adorable and pleasant to look at generally. Um, but like this is like kind of like avant-garde and like how like disgusting they all look. You know <laughs> that is fair. Farquaad, it's it's ironic. Farquaad's like the only like not weird-looking person because he's such of a caricature. Like, yeah, it's like I yeah. mean, it's because he just looks very accurate to what Michael Eisenberg looks like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Building off of what you said, Andrew, with the animation, there were times where I felt like I could really the animation in a weird way I don't know how to explain it like of course you say the animation but it's mm-hmm. like I felt like I could see I could really see the face go this emotion and then go to this emotion then go to that sure, emotion. sure 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 like you could see the seams on a costume yeah yeah, yeah. That's, and it's because it's one of the it's still early CG this is yeah. Like yeah. five years after Toy Story but it broke ground it's like pretty groundbreaking how they like you it know. broke new ground it broke new ground <laughs> and like the backgrounds like I know that they don't do matte paintings but like the backgrounds and like the environments are really incredible and like really beautiful to look at you know 36 unique locations in Shrek which was the most for any other computer animated film at the time wow um, but yeah I'm, I want to build off what you said my overall thoughts on Shrek was revisiting as an adult uh, I really liked it it's awesome it is fun and like you said, it is paced so efficiently. Like Austin was saying, it goes from plot point to plot point to beat to beat very efficiently. It never feels like there's a wasted moment. Mm-hmm. Every moment is important in building towards something. Every moment matters. There's not a wasted moment. It's a lot like Get Out in that regard. Yeah. Another, <laughs> why is that my go-to example? I mean, <laughs> they're both very accurate in the comparison you're making. In that There's never instance. a wasted moment in the screenplay. Yeah, Every moment yeah. is born into a characterization or building up a plot point or setting something up. There is never a wasted moment. 
Um, it, it's a great script. My initial criticism was like, there are too many montages, you know, there are too many, mon- but like, they're all like, um, you know, but they're all jokes. They're all like jokes, first of all, to set the tone of the movie. But then also like there's a montage where like, you know, Fiona and uh, Shrek are like falling in love and it's just like a bunch of funny jokes. And it's like, you know, it in that one minute montage, you kind of set up, oh, they're falling in love. And then you could get on to the next thing. And it's like really paced really well. And like, yeah. Just overall, it's uh, the acting. That one's a bit like none of the acting's bad don't get me wrong but Mike Myers is clearly the only one that knows how to do a voice acting this is a problem with a lot of animated movies nowadays they get these yeah. celebrities that mm-hmm. they're not bad they're doing good performances but they don't inject Austin why are you looking at me like I'm a maniac this is John Lithgow erasure don't you dare <laughs> John Lithgow's good oh yeah He's yeah good. yeah John okay. great. my apologies John Lithgow is great and Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy's Eddie Murphy okay so the problem is Cameron Diaz I wanted to not look like a <laughs> sexism <just> but <laughs> you made me look like a sexism okay well actually yeah. hey hey before you before you before you shit on her I will say that um a lot of times I'm not gonna shit on her god before you before you get out the torture instruments if we're gonna be like nitpicky I feel like um I guess a lot of times through Eddie Murphy's performance, he had um. It could just be more how it was written. Like he only he only had so many instances instances to really act. But a lot of times it felt like more he was doing his stand up routine or something with the yeah, character, sure. like just That's joke fair. after joke after joke, which is sort of how he, he's written. So I, he's sort of a gray area. And also, I mean, he, well, I think he, he lands his like dramatics as dramatic as this movie gets. Like, yeah, when he's like confronting Shrek. <laughs> I, I like that we're talking about this so seriously when he's like <laughs> confronting Shrek about yeah. like his like, you know, the walls he's putting up. Like, you know, why are you this? Why are you this way? And then, you know, and the moment that's like I found very like subversive and really awesome in this movie is the moment where he's like, you're mean to me. You're yeah. an asshole to me. You you are shitty. You and you know, but like, you know, you, you saved me and we're friends and stuff like that. Like that is like a moment where like you take that for granted. Like, Oh, Shrek is going to roll his eyes every time donkey says something stupid, but then it builds up where donkey's like, yo, this is, this, this guy is like mean to me. Like he, why are you pushing me away? You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm nice to you. I'm, I helped you out. And my, stuff. my favorite scene in the whole movie, I think is probably the one where, um, Shrek and donkey are, um, have by the campfire uh, against the stars and just talking about life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So yeah, you know, Eddie Murphy is good in it. Um, yeah. So go back to go back to um, Cameron yelling I'm at not yelling about Cameron Diaz. I'm just saying it leaves a little to be desired um, at times because it, a lot of the times it, it feels like there were a couple of times where Cameron Diaz delivers a line and I thought was that the best take. <laughs> And probably was, you know, honestly. Yeah, it probably was. Karen Diaz, I'm not like going to be like, oh, she's this amazing actress, but she's a fine enough actress. But voice acting is a different beast from acting in a normal movie. That's true. It is is a completely different animal. And what works for one medium doesn't necessarily work for the other. Do you think she should have had a Scottish accent when she became an ogre? No, that would have been dumb as hell. It, it, the movie. It, it would Zero have been, and it would have, box. It, it would have been, and it would have also been awful because remember when she did that for like Gangs of New York or whatever? Oh yeah, she had an Irish <laughs> accent. Oh, I ain't started working yet. <laughs> then that could have really ruined the movie. I don't think Cameron Diaz's performance is the best, but I do like that character a lot. You know, that's a great character. Cause like Fiona's a great character because she yeah. subverts every expectation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like she, I don't know if the twist that she was an ogre the whole time was in the marketing, I don't think. No. You know? No. I think that was like a surprise. That's a surprise. That's a great It is. You know, if you were like to like, if you were to pitch this movie and Shrek didn't come out, like, you would be, like... And this had, like, a troubled, like, development period of just, like, people saying, no, don't mm-hmm. do this movie. And then it, like... it Like, just, like, saying all the plot points out loud. Like, there's a talking donkey, and then there's this little short guy who, like, waterboards this gingerbread man, and he's, like, you know... It's, like, <laughs> all the... All, it's... When you put... It sounds ridiculous. Yeah, when you look at because Shrek is such a cultural figure now, it's like yeah, Shrek, yeah, you know, you know, like, but just like when you lay it all out and say it as is, it's absurd. It's absurd and subversive and weird, and also 
good, you know? So, yeah. yeah. It's great. But I will say, if I did have any criticism for the movie, mm. uh, beyond Cameron Diaz's acting, and this transitions to my next talking point of... We'll get to it. Um, I think there's a lot of the jokes in this movie that have not aged the best because I am missing the context I need to understand them. Yeah. This movie's humor, and this is a really signature of a lot of other DreamWorks movies too. Uh, Not their best movies, How to Train Your Dragon, but that's uh, besides the point. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of jokes in this movie that are just like, haha, pop culture reference. Like, for example... Right after they cross the rickety old bridge for the first time, and Shrek goes to Donkey, he's like, That'll do, Donkey. That'll do. It's a babe reference. It's a babe reference. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah. Like you just said, I did not get that as a kid. So, but but I love that line as a kid still, because I thought that was funny. (laughs) But there are other things in the movie where I was watching them, I'm like, I think this is referencing something. I don't know what it's referencing. Yeah. And, and a lot of the time it still works because the, the acting is good and they don't try to rely on it too much. But there is a lot of jokes in this movie where it's like, what about kids that are 10 now? Are they going to get half the jokes? So I guess this leads on to, has the movie aged well? Because a hmm. lot of the humor relies on pop culture references. Joe V, you go, because I know you wanted to talk about that. I'm going to say, yes, I, I think it does age really well in that regard because going back and rewatching this, there were not as many as I would like normally expect from a DreamWorks movie because a lot of the time, like they just throw that shit in whenever they can. This one is a little bit more sparse, and um, yeah. I want to say it, for some of them, at least at the very least, the like the things that they reference are like still like either like culturally relevant now or like people like still remember them fondly, like. The, the one that I think of is like the the Matrix reference because yeah. we got to keep in mind the Matrix came out two <laughs> years after, um, well, two years before Shrek. <laughs> the Matrix Everyone came was out two years after Shrek. Yeah. They knew, <laughs> they, 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 they were knew, right. and they let it happen. The Wachowskis <laughs> watched this scene and they're like, you know, you know, like I want to, I want to do this cool kick, you know, from from Shrek, you know. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Wachowskis thought. The, 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 the Matrix is a meme. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, the, the Matrix came out two years before Shrek, um, and that was, like, right at, like, the forefront of, like, pop culture at the time, but it's also still one of those movies that people, like, look back, they finally remember it, so it still, like, is in people's minds. I mean, that doesn't mean that it holds up. Yeah. Eh, that That's debatable, but, I mean, compared to, like, some of the other, like, DreamWorks things where they just throw in a pop culture reference... Like this is like, um, like night and day compared to some of them. Yeah. Like, this does it a lot better than most DreamWorks movies. I agree with Joe. It's also like it, they do riffs on fairy tales and not even Disney as much. Like fairy tales, like yeah. most kids have no fairy tales. You know, right. just like this, this like cage is too small is a very funny joke and a kid will get it. So it's pretty relatively restrained, but it's also I feel um, where it's like, even if it is a pop culture reference, the reason you resonate resonated with, you know, that'll do donkey that'll do is just like it's a funny cadence. You know, it's a it's a funny ogre in a funny voice talking to a pretend donkey and he's doing if you're a kid you might not get the reference but it's just like yeah it's funny you know just like and just like the you know what the mirror being the game show guy you know with the bachelor thing you know doing that riff and it's just like i don't i've never seen that show but it's just like yeah i get i get what it's doing a little bit you know i was gonna say the dating game had been off for like decades by that point mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it was funny to me as a kid it's still funny now Oh, it's, 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 it's hilarious. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's sometimes it's just like funny noises and sounds and colors. Just put them together and it's, it works, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. I just realized if they made Shrek today, that scene of the mirror, it'd be like just Tinder. Where you uh, like swipe right or left. He was the- like. Do not. Hey, hey, they, they want to reboot it at Illumination. Do not give them ideas. Hello, the Minions. I have an idea for the Shrek reboot. I knew they wanted to reboot it, but I didn't know that Illumination was doing it. That's sad. Oh, that's weird. 
Illumination and DreamWorks are owned by the same company now. Okay, okay, okay. Which like, is, you know, dangers of capitalism, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> There's, like, that moment where, like, you know, Farquaad is sitting in his, like, sex bed and he's like looking at like like looking at fiona like and he's like ooh, you know he's like dude, he's in that fuck pose he's just like so um, he was ready he was locked and loaded. just like ready to crank off to like a tinder profile you know he looks down and everything god austin what about you what say you about these pop culture references uh, yeah, I think the dating game is the most dated one. I think the Matrix Kicks move actually the dating game. Yeah. yeah, the dating game. Yeah, it's dated. What are you? I'm saying dating. It's what? dated though, because it's d- oh. dating. Yeah. It's, a, oh. it's a joke. <laughs> okay. I thought I was saying something wrong. I was just repeating your point back. Yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think the dating game one is the most dated. Um, I think the Matrix one actually adds an, a visual element to it where she adjusts her hair, so that justifies it. I think that the like Jurassic Park and the Temple of Doom references are just nice visual homages. And I mostly remember the, the later Shrek movies for having the bigger problem of having too many pop culture references. Yeah, I never yeah. thought that was too much of a thing with Shrek 1, and that's kind of what tanked the franchise over time, was that they... They took the weird, like, postmodern riffing and made it obnoxious. Yeah, Shrek, yeah. Shrek the Third is the biggest problem with that. If it was, if it was just this and maybe Shrek Two, these would, movies would be looked on more fondly. You know, the, the everyone would be like, "Yeah, Shrek, I remember those movies. They're funny." You know, but like the fact that the brand has been diluted so much and the aftershock of this approach to filmmaking animated filmmaking has like you know permeated like so much of our current culture it's like we look at it with resentment like oh fucking shrek ruining you know good movies and stuff like that that's fair rain what say you um you guys really said everything i'd have to say i i think when i wrote that question i remembered there being more pop culture references in shrek and then I watched the moment and I was like, oh, there's not nearly as many as I thought there was. Yeah. But still, like, and like I said, even the ones that are there, it works. It becomes a problem in the franchise later on. I think with Shrek the Third, it's really the only one where it's a real yeah. problem. The other two sequels, I think, work fine. But Shrek the Third, it, it's a real problem. We'll get to that at some point in the future. But yeah. for this one, yeah, I think the memes, uh, the, the pop culture references are fine. But pop culture shrek is such a large figure in pop culture of itself that i want to say five or six years ago a post came online about shrek called shrek is love shrek is life yeah which was basically a story of shrek sexually assaulting a child yeah lovingly from the child's perspective it is one of the most bizarre things i've ever read and it's just escalated from there with Shrek becoming this weird, not just a meme, but like a surrealist meme. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's like if Salvador Dali made memes, he would make these Shrek memes. <laughs> yeah. But Shrek has become such a, a meme. It's it's become such a thing in of itself beyond the movies these past five, ten years or so. So do you think the fact that Shrek became a meme at all changes your perspective on the movie? And if it does, how so? I was expect hmm. yeah, it did in the fact that I was expecting it to be like how should I put this? I was expecting there to be like a this to be like have like proto um absurdist meme humor in it. But it really <laughs> didn't. Um I, I don't know, honestly, I feel like if there's a reason why Strike has become associated with memes so much, it's just because it's this uh property that a bunch of us uh, a bunch of people watched as a kid. So it yeah. just became a good target for memes and then it just sort of snowballed from there um it, it snowballs into shrek comes into your house and assaults you yeah, yeah. essentially yeah, like, it's like there's a lesser version happening with toy story you know obviously nothing that crazy but like there are a lot of toy story memes and stuff like that yeah yeah i have been noticing that lately we haven't seen buzz assaulting anyone yet i hope to god we never do i yeah because- yeah but it's like uh, that original Shrek story is a masterwork in horror writing. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awful. Yeah, I, I like my my view of it is like I don't care. I don't care that much because it's like, um, you know, I, even, Shrek's an imperfect movie. It's like r- well written, but it's not like my favorite animated movie or whatever. But like it's like, but I, I watch this and it's like there's a purity to it. You know, there's a purity to like even though like. <coughs> 
it's like subversive and like there's like some gross out humor and stuff like that. It's like trying to rattle the cage of Disney a little bit um, and like kind of take the piss out of it a little bit and like having an irreverent, you know, approach to it's kind of like more it's there's a heart there. It's like it's Shrek, it's Shrek-esque in the way like, uh, you know, uh, Shrek's like. You know, he's like being an asshole because, you know, he's scared of like he's annoyed and scared that everyone's like, you know, mean to him and stuff like that. So, like, when I look at Shrek, the movie, the movie, I it's not Shrek's fault. (laughs) It's not like Shrek's fault. It's not the movie's fault that like people took that and ran with it in that direction. Like, there's nothing in this movie beyond maybe instilling some irreverent sensibility in kids that would you know that is to blame for you know that that's it mm-hmm. like just like maybe you know like having a bit of like just like you know cynicism towards like disney or whatever that's that's really it like that's nothing yeah so i don't know you can't really control what happens after you put something out you know it's they just like wanted to put out a good movie of a good script and like fun animation and stuff you know so that's I agree. Uh, Austin, do you have any thoughts on the memification of Shrek and how it changes your perspective? Yeah, there's a quote that I found in the Wikipedia article. I think it's from an article by, I'll put the information right here. The Shrek franchise represents everything that was initially exciting and then quickly patronizing about the early 2000s. It's symbolic (laughs) of so many things we briefly loved before quickly realizing their emptiness. (laughs) It's like I saw a meme that was like that, that just all encapsulated. It was Shrek with like his head all photoshopped that his neck is like doing that weird Windows 95 error thing. And it says, you better check yourself before you Shrek yourself. And it was like one of those very empty, like early aughts, like phrases. But now it's all about Shrek. And I know that the Internet also has this way where since the dawn of the Internet, one of people's few tricks to get attention is to, like, sexualize something that's not supposed to be like Sonic the Hedgehog. Just like it's a whole thing about fan fiction. People just come on and they're like, what if we did this property? But horny. And that's like that's just the lack of people being creative. And it always seems to hit. So that's. One of the reasons that probably it's came about. It's just like to intentionally get a rise out of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's classic trolling. Fortunately. Yeah. Just like Andrew and everybody else. Like it didn't change the impact of the movie for me. I, I got to say back when everybody was saying Shrek is love, Shrek is life during my first year of college. I wasn't super about it. But then when I was watching this now, now that it's all died down in classic, like uncool person fashion, I was following Sid around all night and I was like, it's all ogre now. Like I'm using the memes now that they've disappeared. It's all ogre now. <laughs> all right, Joe V. You're the only one who didn't have anything to say about the memification of Shrek. So what do you have? I, I, I honestly do not have too much to add to it. Uh, the, the the memes are fun, they, the, but um, uh, they, they don't affect the movie. Uh, the memes they, they they don't affect going back and rewatching. Uh, Shrek for me in any regard. It's like, yeah, yeah, those memes are fun. That they exist on the internet, but I, I, I do think that Shrek, just as a movie, like the first one, I, I it, it holds a, its own candle. It's, it, it stands on its own. It's, yeah, uh, a candle pulled out of his ear, like the yeah, <laughs> the candle pulled out of its ear. Yeah, <laughs> the, the memes are fun. I'll, if not. Uh, a little bit too much. I I, I think they kind of need to die down. Uh, one one more thing I'll say about Austin's point about just like how you know Austin didn't find it very funny, but then he'll like you know whisper to his his husband and stuff like that. Like it's like it's it's kind of the same thing as I I I see it parallel to like how Tanner watched Shrek as a kid and didn't understand the Babe reference but found it funny anyways, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like the matrix joke, most kids haven't seen the matrix at that point, but then just like viewing it, it's just like, yeah, slow-mo kick. Like it's funny, you know? And then just like the fact that it's like, just the fact that it's like happening is why the Shrek memes are kind of funny. Like it means nothing. They, they are, it's like a Shrek pun and like an absurd image. And it's like, 
you know, by that entering our public consciousness, like it becomes funny. Just like the fact that you look at it and see that it's a riff on something, you know, you go like, oh, that's funny, you know, because it's like the thing I saw, Mm -hmm. you know. So I think it's like kind of a maybe there's a connection there, but I don't think it's anything deeper than that. Yeah, (laughs) really. Um, This is like academic hell where you're trying to deconstruct why a disturbing thing happens. And then the reason that it happened is just because people find it funny. It's just inherently humorous. Yeah. Yeah. But like the Joker made this meme. He was like, like Robert De Niro is like, wait a second. You're saying that like it's all Logan now is funny. It is. And I'm tired of pretending it's not. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I have a quick lightning round of stuff I want to throw at you guys. Oh, boy. Because I've been passively reading the IMDb trivia during this entire podcast. And there is a lot of insanity with this movie. For example... Uh, Smash uh, All Star by Smash Mouth. That was never actually intended to be in the movie. They just put that in there for test screenings. It was a placeholder song, but it tested <laughs> so well. It tested so well, they kept it, and they're like, "All right, yeah. Smash Mouth, record a cover of this uh, '60s song for the ending." That's that's fun. Uh, the film's art director Douglas Rogers visited a magnolia plantation in South Carolina to help figure out the look for Shrek Swamp. While he was there, he ended up getting chased by an alligator. <laughs> Yeah. Miami like, Vice. People, like animators would like take mud baths to like see how it looks and they stuff. They wanted to see how mud would roll on. That was actually going to be my next one. They wanted to see how mud would go down people's skins and, yeah. and how it would look. Yeah. Like uh, love was put into this. They didn't like just put it to put it out really. Yeah. Uh, Alan Rickman was originally going to be Farquaad, but he then left oh, the project so he could do Harry Potter. Oh, that's good too, though. Can I, uh, since, since we're bringing up facts, can I bring up a fact about uh, the two directors? So, so, so Vicky Jensen. Uh, the, the, there's not much really to talk um, about her filmography after this movie, because like the two notable things she did after this were Shark Tale and mm-hmm. um, the forgotten 2009 romantic comedy with Alexis Bledel uh, post grad Adam Adamson. Andrew Adamson, I'm sorry, has a very has a much more interesting post Shrek um, career. So he directed the sequel to Shrek. He, he did Shrek two. Uh, he's also the, the uh, director of the first two Narnia movies over at Disney. So he goes from DreamWorks to Disney. But before Shrek, uh, two of his biggest notable credits, he was on the visual effects team for Batman Forever. And Batman and Robin. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. It checks out. Incredible. You know, it's, it is cool that like there's a female director though. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. It is cool. For for like a animated movie and a movie this big that was successful, you know, Mm -hmm. and a hit. Yeah. So the mirror, the mirror was originally had two different voice actors before you wound up being just voiced by the storyboard artist, Chris Miller. No relation to the one you're thinking of. Um, yeah. Originally. Jimmy Fallon recorded lines for the mirror, but that got cut. But before that, you know who they got? Jim Lang or Lang, Jim Lang, who hosted the dating game back in wow. the 60s. Oh, that's oh, they, they wanted to go all the way out. Damn. Wait, wh- why did they replace him? He, cut, he was cut. I don't know why. That's I don't dumb. know why. Uh, before Chris Farley or Mike Myers were ever offered the role of Shrek, Nicolas Cage was offered the role mm-hmm. and he turned it down because he didn't want people. He did not want to look like an ugly ogre. Nick Cage, you already look like an ugly ogre. So <laughs> that's actually a wise decision he made. Yeah, that's the last. He, he turned down that role and it became a great hit. So he decided, I am never turning down a part again. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is uh, one of the first films that a young man known as Jeffrey Abrams worked on. Uh, Jeffrey Abrams worked on this movie. You may know him better as J.J. Abrams. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? M. Night Shyamalanian twist. What did J.J. do on this? Uh, from what I understand, it was because he worked on a as part of a Propeller Heads, which was a computer animation group that was under contract by Jeffrey Katzenberg to develop animation for the film. Whoa. Why am I out of focus? Huh. Yeah, the Propeller Heads was actually what they were called back when they were working on the proto non-CGI version of Shrek, where uh, the... the backgrounds were all miniatures and then the characters Whoa. were cgi and a uh, bill murray was going to be shrek and bill murray martin and short steve martin or, uh, yeah steve martin was going to be donkey yeah 
Um, but yeah, J.J. Abrams worked on, this was one of the first things he worked on in his career, even though I don't know if he's actually credited in the final product or not. I'm looking at the letterbox. It doesn't look like he's credited on it. Uh, uh, that's unfortunate, but he did work on the movie in some capacity. Oh, cool. Um, Jeffrey. Far Crod's logo looks like the Facebook logo. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah I've that noticed out. that. <laughs> that's literally all I think of when I see it. Mark Zuckerberg was like, it's my favorite movie. <laughs> I like the I like the part where like the short like like evil guy <laughs> like ruled an empire <laughs> and spread misinformation. <laughs> I also just want to bring this up because I just want to shout it out. But there is a project on the internet called Shrek Retold, in which a bunch of artists from all over the internet recreated Shrek scene by scene. It is one of the most beautiful, loving things I've ever seen done for a movie. Yeah. It's it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. And that's like the beautiful side of the internet, too. It just like, you know, for like having like perverted, twisted memes and stuff like that. And then just like, yeah, let's do this fun thing together. You know, just people on the internet. Like, this is cool. You know, that's the beautiful side of the internet. Yeah. One last thing. Because this is the most hilarious one, so I wanted to save it for last. Do you know the very iconic line in the movie where Shrek says, What are you doing in my swamp? What are you doing in my swamp? Mike Myers was in New York. They were done recording the movie for ages. They were, like, well done. And then Mike Myers is in New York, and they went, Wait a minute. The directors and the producers are like, wait a minute. We never got Mike Myers saying, what are you doing in my swamp? So Jeffrey Katzenberg got on a flight to New York City, and Myers read that line in the back of a limo. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's and it's perhaps the most iconic line in the movie. Yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. Overall, overall, I just wanted to throw that guys at you, get your quick reactions to that, because Shrek... Crazy, awesome. crazy movie. Awesome. Just the production of history of it is crazy. You could do an entire podcast just on the production history. But anyway, we all agree. Shrek, good movie, right? Yep. Yeah, great. It's a lot of fun. V- very two solid movie. Yeah. I give two thumbs up. I'll follow the Roger Ebert path and give it four stars out of four. Hell yeah. That's so weird. That guy's Kind of a weirdo. <laughs> I love I love Roger Ebert. Um, I don't know. There's that one uh, Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets review I read recently. What do you, what did he, he say? Described a 13 year old Emma Watson as on the cusp of babehood. Ew. One of the most deeply uncomfortable. Ew. What did you say, Joe? What did you uh. say about? Was he like hopped up on painkillers at the time? Uh, no. I I was. Oh. I was going off on uh how Roper would say things like that um on like. Specifically, like, the show that they would host uh, after Gene Siskel died. Like, Roper would make comments like that about just, like, actresses in general. Uh, Very specifically, Halle Berry, he would do this a lot with. So, yeah, it's like reading Ebert do that just... uh, And with a fucking 13-year-old is just... Maybe she was talking about the the cusp of babehood as in, like, you know, 13 years prior, she was a baby. Yeah. I want to. I, I I love I love and respect Ebert, but man, come the hell that, on. That, yeah, that's not good. That's a bit much, man. Uh, but yeah, overall, good, great movie. Uh, watch it if you haven't. If you haven't watched Shrek, holy shit, that's incredible. <laughs> hey guys, watch Shrek. Um, to, to paraphrase an Arnold Schwarzenegger quote um, from him at the Golden Globes, if you if you have not seen Shrek, you're the only one that didn't. Oh, wow. And, and like, so, uh, apparently, like, uh, Austin's husband was that one person, and now everyone's seen him. it. We found him. We found him. We got him. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Good job, Barney. We got him. Shrek always Sorry, finds Austin. a way. The SWAT team's about to break into your house. I recommend getting out. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you guys now. for watching slash listening. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, this is great. Well, we, uh, if we do future Shrek movies, I'll be sure to ask you. 
Sure. Yeah. If we, if we can have your permission, as you are the owner of the Shrek IP, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we, I will ask you for permission. Yeah, I uh, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg like pricked my finger and has my blood now, um, so <laughs> so I own Shrek. Um, I also like he he I, I also own him literally. He's a, he's in my backyard. He just like wanders around like a free range chicken, you know. <laughs> oh, he's a free range chicken. Yo, also broke out the donkey. I own donkey. Donkey. <laughs> He's been, they, they've been separated for so long, Donkey and uh, Shrek. So, all right, thank yeah. you guys for they, watching. They thank zoom each other every on. week, though. Like they like uh, they zoom each <laughs> other. They miss each other. Yeah, let them be free. Hashtag free Shrek. <laughs> Plugs for me, really quickly. Uh, before like is uh, you could listen to my show. I've been meaning to listen to that. Um, the po- it's like a podcast where we like have guests on, uh, and they like bring in a record they enjoy, bring in a record they like. And uh, we listen to it and then we talk about it. We t- go through highlights, lowlights, you know, what it means to us. Kind of similar to this show in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, you could follow, just listen to, I've been meaning to listen to that. To that. I've been meaning to listen to that. And follow us at IBMTLTT on Instagram and Facebook. And follow me at Andrew A. Lee on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So, yeah, that's um, those are my plugs. So we hope to have some of you guys. We hope to have you guys like on the show sometime too. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. I will bully my way into coming on to the show again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? When is I this think, coming I out? Think we this? talked about doing a Garth Brooks album. So when is this episode coming out? Like uh, Friday. Oh, <laughs> it, it is always, we have quick turnarounds. Okay. Here. Okay. Yeah. So like um, right now we're doing the Perfume Genius Month. We're doing uh, three episodes of Perfume Genius, and then Lana Del Rey and Lana Del Rey's Kim Chels over the Country Club, and then. Uh, uh, we'll do we're, Con May West. We'll do the discography of Con May West for a month. Hold on, wait. Hold on. Do you have a guess for my beautiful dark twisted we, fantasy? We did it already. <laughs> it's, done, it. it's done already. <laughs> Just awkwardly edit me and like, I love this album. <laughs> it changed yeah. my life. Yeah, and that episode is really, really good. I'm very proud of how we that episode turned out. So look forward to that. All right. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit the bell icon so you're notified when we upload more videos. If you are listening to this, make sure you follow us on the Spotify's, the Anchors, or the whatever. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all some variation of Bomb Squad Productions. I guarantee you if you Google it, you'll find us. BombSquadProductions.com. Thank you for watching slash listening. We will all see you next time. Bye. Peace, bitches. (laughs) Uh, I got shrekt.